here watching DuckTales. A new adventure, you know it ain't no stopping DuckTales. Interviewing, commentary on your cinephone, DuckTales. Storytelling, so tune in to every episode. My fresh cut amputated, don't chop the hands off the sample contaminant. Oh, doctor, the flow sick, no vaccine is so proper. I come clean, the janitorial flow mop, but it go monster. It's Frankenstein, I take your rhyme, break it down with Ultra Beast. It's get the paper time, vaporize, whack MCs who don't cooperate. Pew 36, explosive space, modulate, congregate. Colorful contrast, the podcast, my Big Bang Theory bomb, biggity bomb blast. Megatons. Now they all brace for impact. Sawed off shotgun, can't take the kickback. This, that, real dope that they've been looking for. Questions, answers, content. Yeah, it's good to know that somebody bringing the latest and the greatest. My favorite, you know who coming with the entertainment? It's DuckTales. Everybody, you know they out here watching DuckTales. A new adventure, you know it ain't no stopping DuckTales. Interviewing, commentary on your cinephone, DuckTales. Storytelling, so tune in to every episode. Yo, what up? This is your boy Owen J.J. Stone, a.k.a. O'Doctor. For today's purposes, you can throw Black Dirty in there, too. Hello, Shannon. I heard you're starting a new YouTube channel. That is great. I might put you in the comments for some calm, relaxing feel, because some people are stressed out right now. I see you out there working, girl. Congrats. Good luck to you on your future show. Uh, today, on this episode of Doc Tales, we're getting back in the groove with someone, usually people like friends that I like know very well. This is a guy who, by the end of this show, we're going to be friends. I'm going to be lying, telling people he's my cousin uh, that we used to hang out back in the day. I'm going to be making up all kinds of stuff, and hopefully he'll back me up on it by the end of the show. Um, his government name is uh, William Thomas, I think the third. I'm pretty sure if I had that in my mindset from back in the day, I remember that for a little bit. He tried to go by the William. But we know my man as Trey Day. Trey Thomas, what up, brother? Man, I'm fantastic, man. Can't complain, man. You know, just getting my little studio set up back again. You know, it's been down in Florida for a little bit, so it was good to get back up here and get everything set up again, man. You know, just working my wiring and lighting and making sure everything's plugged up and working, man. So, yeah, it's good to get back. And you're throwing in a little dual uh, lifestyle down there with the warm weather. I hear you out here in these streets. Yeah, yeah, man. It was cool. I wouldn't have came back yet. <laughs> you know what, man? You know, I grew up in it, you know? So, you know, that because I'm originally from Florida. So it was good to go down there. I was working at IMG for a little bit. But it's good to get back up this way, man. You know, I, you know, everybody always like, all right, I want to get away from the winters, but I kind of I missed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't mind the snow. You know, in Florida, everything's the same. I like seasons. I'm a grizzly bear. Yeah. I appreciate seasons. Yeah, I mean, uh, popping down to Florida is nice and all, but I'm not trying to deal with the. I lived in Florida for four years, so I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Like, I know Florida is great, but at the same time, enough is enough with the humidity. I, I'm gonna be all right. I don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had bought a Jeep when I first got down there. I had a Jeep Wrangler. I was riding around with the doors off, feet out the door, you know, just was oh, having a good was, time. It was cool. Was straight 1995 down there. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was all the way in. You was doing what you need to do. So, I um, had a beach cruiser. I was riding a beach cruiser in a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> the turn of the Mac was bumping in the background. Yeah, man, just wide open, man. Just having a blast in Florida. <laughs> Flip flops all the time, man. You know, yeah, just, do, doing what it do. So, yeah. um, are you are you the third or the second? 
I'm the third. You know what? It's kind of funny. You know, I, I am the third. It's on my birth certificate as the third. But as my dad, you know, yeah, back then, you know, they just threw whatever on birth certificates. My dad found out that his dad was never a senior. You know what I'm saying? So my they my dad went by junior. And so once I came along, then I then I became the third. But um, after doing some stuff, he found his dad, and then you know found his um stepmom and stuff, and found out that his dad was never William Wyatt Thomas. He was Wyatt Thomas. So really, I'm junior. But since it's the third on my birth certificate, then we go by Trey, and it just right. is what it is. It's just, it's too late now. See, my my dad's name is James Owen Stone. And he named me Owen J something else stone. And he didn't want me to have the same name as him. So he changed my middle name. So now I just lie and tell everybody it's Owen JJ stone. Cause I tell people it's James, but I don't like the J name. It is. So I put the J in there so I can be different. Cause uh -huh. that old name and thing when dad, especially back in the day, I don't know what's going on in like the 70s, 60s. I don't know what they was doing, brother. They was just out here willy nilly. Just like you said, just throwing names on stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, just whatever, you know, it's, it, this is your child. What do you want to name? Just throw it on there. It's okay. Just go ahead. And then, and then uh, you, you get to the league and then you try to switch out from the, from the trade of William. That didn't work out for you because Trey, Trey <laughs> day sounds too good, brother. Trade day, all yeah. day, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was stuck for me. I did that more for my dad, you know, just because he was going through a hard time at the time. So, you know, I just went ahead and was like, you know what, man, you know, just for this year, I'm just, you know, just, just call me William, you know what I'm saying? Just because I wanted him to, you know, as his, as his son, you know, he was going through some stuff. And, um, you know, I wanted, and whenever my name was called on the TV, that he would hear his name, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was more for him at the time. So it was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was fun. And, you know, and, uh, I think that it, it meant a lot for him, you know, for that. And then, once that year was over with, then we went right back to what everybody was used to calling me, Trey. So you're a good son is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, I'm know. trying, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I try. You know, I have my moments. <laughs> and I'm sure you appreciated <laughs> that. Um, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, 12 years in the league, three-time pro bowler, uh, left tackle for my Philadelphia Eagles, our Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Trey and I have never met in person. Uh, I've called Trey on all the shows that he's been on. Uh, he always takes my calls. He's one of the great ad readers on broadcast radio. I don't care what nobody say. Right? Like every time you move from a different position to another location, they need to keep your retainer to do ad reads. I myself might send you an ad or two to reform. I'm not going to pay you for it. <laughs> just, do it just do it on the strength because we family now. That's what, that's what we got to do. But you, you kill it on ad reads, brother, because that's something I don't get to mention to you whenever we chopped it up on the radio calls. But yeah, you you be having me crying half the time, and that's what a that's what an ad's supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to give somebody some information, make them want to understand about whatever the brand is, and also make them enjoy listening mm -hmm. to the fact that I got to sell you this thing for the next thirty seconds because we got to pay the bills. Yeah, and yeah. Point yeah. out to you, man. You always you always gave that little extra, and I appreciated it. I appreciate that, man. You know, it, it was. When it came to the ad re writing, you know, it was it was kind of weird just because they, they, they gave me, you know, first it was Bluetooth, you know, and then they were like, all right, you know what, we want you to go as far as you can without getting kicked off the air. And I'm like, all right, then cool. So, I, you know, give me some information. And, you know, we just ran with it. And then the next one was the Manscaped. And then, you know, the Manscaped one was a lot of fun, you know, just because, you know, I, they were just like, look, just get creative, you know, and just say whatever you want, hear the bullet points and then just go with it from there. And then, you know, I would come home and my wife would come home and sometimes I'd be in here listening to all this 
weird music that I'm going to use as my background. And, you know, I did the song that one time and we did yep, the Christmas yep. song. And, then, you know, it was it was fun, man. You know, and, and I really enjoyed it. it. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad everybody enjoyed uh, those reads. It, it, was, yeah, yeah, well, it was cool. You know, I threw my little change in there. I, I got my man skateboards back in there. That was a 2.0. I got my crop preserver. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like all my stuff's still rolling out here, so we're good. Yeah, uh, good, good, good. <laughs> so before I get into asking all the questions, I want to tell you that I got to see a lot of your games uh, in person. I, I was friends with Thomas DePay. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was his, like, tech guy. You know what I mean? Like, I would go over and set up his TV and all that kind of stuff and do all kinds of things for him. He would always just, you know, pay me and give me home game tickets. So mm-hmm. every year he would give me like six games to go to. One, they're great seats. You know, you get to get sit with the family and all that kind of stuff. But I was there during y'all's prime, and it was just uh, it was an honor to watch you guys play, an honor to watch you play. So, again, like once I once you started getting on the radio and I could call in and chop it up, I was like, hey, that's my guy, you know, because yeah. obviously just being friendly with Thomas too, I knew a lot of background stuff about the team and what mm-hmm. was going on. And thank goodness there were no podcasts back then because I would have been spilling all the beans, brother. I would have been yeah. – <laughs> yeah, man, I'm glad we played in the era that we played in. You know, like we didn't come up in the. I mean, back then, what it was. Uh, what, what was it? What was the social media back then? It was MySpace. You had MySpace. That was it. Yeah, you had the MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. You had AOL chat. So I mean, yeah. the, the reach wasn't global. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I no, think no. top four, top eight. You know what I'm saying? So. Camera phones weren't a thing back then. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really, 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 really happy that I played in the era that I did. Yeah, you you, you got away with some stuff. You got away yeah, with some stuff. You know. Yeah. So um, tell me about uh. Uh, grade school. What 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 uh was your favorite class? What what would you like doing in school besides sports? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I guess science was always like my favorite little um, uh, you know, f- favorite subject at the time. You know, science growing up when I was in elementary school. You know, just because you know you always had those little science projects. You know that we would always work on. And, you know, back then we had encyclopedias, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't Google and all of that wasn't the thing. You know, you had to go get one of those encyclopedias that had the letters on the end of it. So I would all, they always had like little projects that were in there. So I would always find did, did, my little si- science project in this. Encyclop- home? Huh? Did you have an encyclopedia in your home? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had the whole set. Yeah, Y'all was the ballers there. Cause I had to go to my aunt's house to get to the encyclopedia. She had a closet that was just with encyclopedias and you know, have my cousins, we would go over to her house on the weekends and you know, use this like because they take up so much space, yeah. And, I mean, because you, you got A through Z, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got you know, there's a lot of information there, yeah, yeah you know, with an encyclopedia, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we all we had my because both of my parents were teachers, so oh, you know, okay. they were they were big on all right, we're gonna have some encyclopedias there. And so I was always working on my little science projects that I found in the back of um encyclopedia or something like that. What, what so did I your guess mom- that was one of my favorite subjects coming up, you know, in elementary. What's that? What your mom- oh, my mom taught uh, job co-op at the uh, high school that I ended up going to. Um, so, you know, so um, she used to, to uh, teach um, DCT, I guess that's what it was called back in. So it was kind of like she would help the kids get jobs while they were in school or whatever and move on and taught them like, you know, yeah, you know, job. What, it, what it takes to get a job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Job prep, you know? And so it, that's, that's what she taught when, um, when I was, excuse me, when I was in high school and then my dad taught at um, a local prison. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, that education is key. Uh, the mother of my child is a teacher. Oh, by the way, speaking to my kid, uh, you always comment and tweet on stuff I post about my daughter. I appreciate it so much. She appreciates it. She be at school. Yeah, you know I mean, pop it off like yeah. I mean, y'all ain't got Eagles players tweeting, <laughs> and then you out here talking about the clarinet. Now let's let's get into this clarinet thing. Oh yeah, man. You, yeah, you, talk to me. You was running the band, huh? You yeah, was, man. First, first cheer clarinet. Yes. Respect my my cliff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like my, 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 my clarinet game was strong back then. Like I was in what middle school? And middle. they make you take, yeah, like they make you take band or something like that. Yep. So that's what that's how she got suckered into it. That's how yeah. I got into buying it. And then she ended up being good. And now I, I gotta keep going on with it. Yeah, well, you know, like my mom played clarinet when she was in, in high school. So like when I was in band, they were like, All right, you know what, you, you need an instrument. My mom was like, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got this clarinet back here. We can dust that off and go get you, you know, we'll clean the mouthpiece, of course. And then yeah. we'll give you another uh, reef or whatever it is that the little wood piece that you put in there. And then you go ahead and have at it, you know, because you can't you can't be in band and play the recorder. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's <laughs> something different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You have to have like a wood instrument. So, you know, I started playing clarinet, man, and I was first chair, dude. You know eight, what I'm saying? Eighth grade tray, uh, what, what, what were we, 5'11"? Yeah, like, with a shag. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like a, with a fro shag, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a little fro, kind of like a civil rights fro with a shag in the back. You know what I'm saying? Where where it wasn't too aggressive of a fro, but it was a little compact fro with a shag, and then it was out there playing first chair clarinet. So all all jokes aside, invite me to your home. I leave my phone in the car. You got me so many pictures, brother. Nah. <laughs> And I my mom would pull them out in a heartbeat. She was like, "Oh, look at all these pictures!" Because she, I mean, she has pictures all over the place. Oh, you know? so oh, uh, yeah. I need yeah. to see it. Yeah, um, man. So, uh, what what other sports did you play besides football? Obviously, in uh, in high school and sports. Um, uh, coming up, I played a lot of soccer and basketball. Um, you know, I played a little baseball when I was in little league. But uh, once I got to high school, I was just more on football and basketball. My mom wanted me to go to Georgetown and play basketball. You know, Coach Thompson and everything. But uh, you know, my dad played football, you know, he, the, both of them went to fam. So, you know, that was just kind of like my connection to the game, you know, uh, just with, with, with watching my dad, you know, going back and going to his college games whenever we would go back to fam and all of that. It just stuck with me. And I just always had a, a, a draw to football over basketball. Basketball was just something I did just to kind of stay in shape in the offseason. It really wasn't all that good at it. I was just, you know, it, it was just something to do. Yeah. And, and not for nothing. Nowadays, the one thing, because my daughter's an athlete, she plays everything. She does soccer, she does MMA, jiu-jitsu, karate, wrestling now, this wrestling season. And so many parents are, you're going to be a softball player. You're going to be a baseball player. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it all year round, and it doesn't make the kids well-rounded. It doesn't help them in the sport that you're trying to make them hyper-focused in. I feel as though play other sports, you know, basketball is going to challenge your mind in a different way, challenge your body in a different way help keep your wind up, you know what I mean? Because you're running a lot more in in more explosive manner. So I, I see a lot of these parents now that are just, oh, my kid's going to be Michael Jordan, and all they're doing is basketball. I'm like, bro, there's yeah. not that many yeah, Jordans. Yeah, so. it's good to diverse, diversify, play some different sports. You know, like that's what, one of the things I was down at IMG last year, you know, and that's like, you know, it's huge. I mean, it's it's a sporting school on, on a whole nother level. And you just saw a lot of these kids, they were only there for that one particular sport. Everything was based on all of their training 
and everything was centered around that one particular sport. You re- rarely saw players that went on to play other sports in the offseason just because, number one, it costs so much. Yes. But then, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a guy, when, once you, if you're paying $80,000, $90,000 a year, you like, hey, man, I need you at that sport all year round. You know, there is no trying to dabble in, go play soccer or do something else. I need you all about whatever sport that you're in. Yeah, and, and again, <clears throat> the AAU basketball, I get it. Once you reach a certain level, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's what you're all in on. And same thing sometimes with baseball. But, I mean, like, there's just so many parents that think that their kid is the one. And I'm like, you're burning these kids out. There's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about mental health now. But with kids, there's a lot of burnout, you know. Like, my, my daughter wants to play. Like, softball is her favorite thing. But her team was a championship team last year. I'm like, bro, you're not going to play. I was like, how about this freshman year, you pick up golf or tennis, a sport you have never played. You can go and learn, you know what I mean? Instead of sitting the bench on a championship team, I get it. But you've been playing softball forever. Like, you're good. Like, you're good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you try something different for one year? And then next year as a sophomore, you go into softball. and You'll do that the next three years. And she's like, you're right. Let me try Mm-hmm. Golf or something like that. I was like, look, you want to hang out with CEOs? They on the golf course. So yeah, yeah. You know, I, I wish I would have learned that game a lot earlier. Like my youngest son is, uh, he plays golf as well. You know, and that's one of the things that coming back here, you know, uh, he's going to be able to get back back into golf and playing football and golf. So that's kind of his thing. So yeah, it, golf is where it's at, man. You know, I, yeah. I wish my game was better. I have all the equipment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I go out there, I look the part. But I'm going to have to apologize when I leave with all the divots that I leave out there on the course. I mean, sometimes they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. I look like Charles Barkley. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I got to smooth it out. Smooth yeah, it out. I, I got I to figure something out, but I, I'm not good at it. So um, at high school, how many proms did you get to? I went to two proms. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I went to a prom as a freshman to a, like a, a friend of the family. You know, I don't know what was going on, you know, but she asked me if I would, you know, if I if I would accompany her to the prom as a freshman. So I went. Um, yeah, she had a mustache, but she was cool, though. You know what I'm saying? Really, really cool young lady. You know what I'm saying? You got to go. My, my, now, I'm upset with you, though, because how do we get from the freshman? And I assume the second one you're going to tell me is the senior. Yeah, my senior year. Well, well, because my senior year is the one that I wanted to go to. You know what I'm saying? Like this. You know, the fresh first one, I, I just kind of went as a favor. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know. Junior, though, you could have went. You just was like, nah. Yeah, nah, I wasn't about that my junior year. I was more about it my senior year. I went my senior year, and then that was it. You know, okay. um, yeah. And then, and then it got on out of there. So, yeah, man, prom was cool. You had a good time. You know, kept it safe. Did the limo thing. Uh, went to a little restaurant. Thought we were doing something, you know. And, you know <laughs> that's that's, that's usually the case when you're, when you're pre-grown. You know I mean? Yeah, you argue with your friends like, let me just do something, and then they be like, sure, go do it. And then you get out, and you're like, is this what we doing? That's yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, yeah. cool something, I guess. Yeah, it's it's something I talk to my kid about all the time. Like, you think that doing things is doing things? Like all these little friends you got that are dating, they can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. They ain't got no cars yet. Half of them ain't got a bicycle. Like, yeah. you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, you know I mean, to think that you're doing something, you you. Just relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just relax. Enjoy your time. You know, don't put all that extra stress on yourself. Yeah. And and just uh, I say it every show, just a record. I'm a five for four prom person. Uh, okay. Same kind of thing. I, I, my freshman year, I went with a, a senior 
and uh, she was someone who could not get a date. She was a little rotund, and okay. I didn't have any problem with it because she was super duper nice. And I got to go to a prom, and then I got addicted to getting dressed up and going to prom. So I went my sophomore okay. year, and then uh, I got again went with a senior. She was actually kind of cute, but uh, she did not like me that much. She just thought that I was nice and funny, and she asked me to go. I don't okay. know what happened, but hey, like I'd go. And then junior yeah. and senior. Of course, I took mine, and then the senior year, I took a girl that was from another school, so I got to go to her prom too. I got to double dip, and yeah. uh, my daughter is now a freshman, and she's trying to go four for four. So I've I've ruined myself by telling her this story about how you mm. old four for four. You know, now she got people asking her to go to prom already. I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> that's a little different now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're seeing it from another angle now. You're like, hey, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. And and you know the same thing we just got done saying about y'all ain't doing nothing. Yeah. The one thing is, okay, I'm going to cut real quick into it. So you have kids. How, how many kids do you have? I have three boys. Three boys. Oh, so, okay. So you're lucky. That, that This is perfect. You got three boys. You know what you do? You run them a suit for a hundred bucks. You maybe run them a car. You give them a condom protection. You say, don't get in trouble. Don't go to jail. Don't hurt nobody. Don't hurt yourself. Make sure you take care of your day. Get home safe. That's it. That's it. 150 bucks all in. You good. I got to do hair, nails, makeup. Yeah purse, dress, heels, and then I got to say, don't let nobody, t- just yeah. come home safe. And, and luckily for me, my daughter is an assassin, so ain't nobody going to put their hands on her unless she wants to. So at least I've raised her that way where I know, yeah. you know she's out here on the wrestling team doing her thing. She walk around the school and people like nodding their head at her like, all right, girl, I know you out here killing it. So yeah. I, I, girls are expensive. That's, that's the first thing. I, I can't afford four of these. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, you got to get rid of it. Get, get ready for it now because you shared the story, and I now did. she's gonna go for it. I did. I messed it all up. So, <laughs> uh, in high school, were you were you a a lover or a fighter? You getting any fights in high school when you was young? Oh, man, you know what I'm saying? Like I was like we all grew up together, so we really didn't get into many fights like that. You know, like most of our fights, you know, back then, you know, everybody puffed their chest out and you bump your chest a little bit, and then you're like, man, all right, let's go. Let's Let's go run around out here in the woods, man. Because most of the time, man, we were always running around in the woods, you know, down there in Florida. So uh, really ain't get into many fights. You know, so it never really at, wasn't. Where in Florida did you grow up? I'm uh, from Deland, right outside of Daytona Beach. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a small country town, there. man. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Down there. Like, yeah, no, nah, ain't nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you had a couple of rough cats, like like guys that I grew up with that would usually the rough cats grew up in. Went on to jail, you know what I'm saying? Like it really wasn't was anything like, you know, it, it wasn't cool either. It's probably like once they, as soon as they got out of school and they started like being on their own, then scuffles pop up for no reason. And then you're like, all right, well, you know, like you said, go on to jail go, and, and cut it off, and yeah. that that's what we do. Yeah, um, but you know, what I'm saying like growing up, I really wasn't into all that. I mean, because just with playing sports, I did enough of the, the battling on the field and on the court. So as far as like getting in fights and all that, I really wasn't in. And then, like, I had a wild family, man. Like, my uncles and aunts and all of them, man, like, I don't think cats really wanted to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because my aunts and uncles back home are um, well-known in the, uh, in the in the area by both sides of the law. So, you, so yeah. You so uh, Don't mess with the Thomases, boy. You know, it's the Thomases. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't mess with the Thomases. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, like my my it, there was nothing it was nothing for me to get off the school bus and there and and, and and back then like I I and I didn't grow up in the projects but I was always like a block or two away from it. You know what I'm saying? So 
like back in my hometown, the park that I grew up, I grew up on a park that's now named after me, but it was always like a couple blocks down from the project. So I would always get off the bus and they'd be like, man, your aunt was just up here in the project, whooping somebody. So yeah, there was always something between my aunt and my uncles where they were always in the streets fighting, man. So they took care of all that for me, I guess, where I didn't even have to deal with all that. So, so you were hood adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> we got. But uh, wait, hold on, you you ain't just gonna run by that your little story now. You you tell the story, you just smooth right by. What they, they done named the town out there, named the block out there. What's going on? What, what, yeah, but the, yeah, the park is named after me, man. I have a park down there in the land called Trey Thomas Park, man. You know, so it's the park that I grew up on. You know, I, it's it's right across the street from my old house, and uh, it was something that my parents really got into. You know, and uh. They they named the park after me, man. So it's a nice size park. Is uh actually when I got drafted uh, by the Eagles back in '98, uh, they asked me if I wanted to come up to New York. I told them no, nah, man, because Black Spring Break had just jumped off. And yep. I don't know if y'all know about Black Spring Break and Freak Nick. Hey, that that's the same reason. Back you, in the day, this is the same reason you still get these jeans, boy. You live, I know what you're doing. Man, you back you, in the you day, you talking about go to. What? Wait a minute. Go to New York, man. For what? Black Spring Break just jumped off. Now nah, I'm right here at Black Spring Break. I got some money in my pocket. I just bought a new Benz. I'm not going to New York. Y'all, y'all can find me in Daytona. Hey, I'm hey. gonna be in Daytona. And so, like, like when I got drafted, we had a big party at the park. You know what I'm saying? And then it was always something I would go back to. And so they ended up naming the park after me. That's cool. You got a park for all the young Thundercats out there watching and listening. Google Freak Nick, and then you understand. While Uncle Trey was not worried about no New York City. Okay. Google yeah. <laughs> freak Nick, and then you'll understand what the man said. Oh, I ain't yeah. going nowhere. Okay. Yeah. Nowhere. I'm good. I'm back home, man. Black Spring Break just jumped off. Now nah, I'm good. I'm staying right here. So, <laughs> so uh, when did you meet your wife? I met my wife freshman year in college, man. You know, uh, first class, history 101. You know, uh, yeah. So first day in college, you know, we met and uh, we were always just really cool because she's um, like her hometown is probably about 30 minutes from my hometown. So we would drive home a lot together, but we were always cool throughout college. And then, you know, once 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 I got to the pros and stuff, you know, I went on and shut, shut, took my shot, man. And then there we go. You know, here we are now. We what we 22, 23 years married. We got three kids. You know, life is good. Living, living the dream. Yeah. Man, you got a park. <laughs> you still back and forth, uh, coast coast key west of Kilago down there, Florida. The kids is good. The wife is good. Man, you know, so, some some people. Did, that's why I said every day is a trade day. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like a good thing you got going on over there, Trey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. What's what's the wife do? Uh, well, she owns a business. Uh, she owns our uh, Pinot's Palette in Cherry Hill. So uh, we started this probably five years ago. So uh, we have an art studio over in Cherry Hill uh, called Pino's Palette, and uh, she runs that, man. You know, that right there is a, a full-time gig, you know, and uh, making sure that everything. I've heard her be- business. I have a picture that I painted up here on the sideline right here. Uh, you okay. Yeah, but I, I'll put it up in the notes. It's it's a black Superman with a black uh, other kind of Superman with an O logo because I'm, I'm infatuated myself and my last name. So okay. O, and then I, I, I got drunk at the end, so I was already pre-gaming for y'all. I couldn't finish the city, so I just uh, did some uh, outline stuff and put some dots on it and called it a day because I spent so much time on the characters. I, I was I quit by the end of it. I was like, man, I'm my arm hurting. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But mm-hmm. uh, people love uh, painting, sipping, and, and, and drinking and painting and painting and drinking. 
Absolutely, man. It's a lot of fun, man. That's what I do every day now. I get up in the morning, I head to the studio, do some stuff, hang hang out, try to help her out, do all the heavy lifting. And, you know, when I need to pick up canvases, set up the studio for whatever needs to happen, then I pop out with a bottle of wine, pump me some paint, and I start throwing some paint on the canvas. Trey Picasso. Yeah, man. Just kind of relax and sit down, you know, enjoy myself, look out the window, paint a little bit, and, you know, have a good time. Happy trees. Yeah, happy trees. Happy trees. I'm going to get you that throwback fro so you can feel like you was back in the 80s. You know what I mean? I'm going to get you that fro. <laughs> Next time you're here painting, you throw that bad boy on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I even put, I even get you a little, get you a little dust fan. Let it, let it blow in your hair. Yeah. Let, let it let it flow in. The, let it blow back. <laughs> get that yeah. back when you're over there painting. Yeah, so, man. Uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Who is the most difficult terrorizing player you went up against that just annoyed you every time you had to go up against them? Uh, Simeon Rice was the toughest guy that I had to deal with, you know, uh, just because he was just such an awkward rusher. Uh, he made us change the way we played, uh, you know, but uh, hands down, he was probably one of the toughest ones that I had to get ready to deal with, you know. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it was just awkward, and he made us change the way we played. And uh, But it, it, it was good, you know. It, it, I think it helped me throughout my career to kind of just because of how we we had to deal with him and how he changed up our technique. It helped me out with a lot of the other guys that I had to deal with, the Dwight Freemies, the, you know, the Bruce Smiths and all of them. So I think that that, you know, being able to go up against the Simeon and get beat on a three-step drop a couple times, you know, it kind of hardens the skin a little bit, you know, and it makes you change your game. So I, I think going up against him really helped me throughout my career. So one thing I appreciate about you is uh, you're a very keep-it-real type of person. You're a very open and explanatory type person. So I, I don't remember how much of a time ago it was. You posted a video of you getting actually beat by a semi rice. And you were like, man, I got roasted right here. Like you were just like, <laughs> you describe how you got destroyed. And I'm looking at the video. I'm like, what the, it's semi rice, brother. I mean, like you did the best you could. You can't, you, you, you ain't going to stop all the time. Him, no. I mean, I was like, because you were just very self deprecating. Like, I mean, I got toast right here. It, it happens. People like, you know, it, not everybody going out. And I looked down, like, well, of course not. It's semi rice. And then, <laughs> so yeah. You say that because I saw the video and I saw I was about to tell you like man don't be down on yourself like look who it was <laughs> I know man but anytime I watch some of my old games like I don't watch a lot of my old games just because I'm like damn because I look at it as through a coach's eye sometimes and I'm like man I could have did a little bit better with that technique oh I shouldn't have done that with my outside hand or whatever it is so you start critiquing yourself a little too much but yeah man I mean you know Simeon Rice was tough man you know and, I, and I, that's why I, when I coach. Offensive lineman, like when, you know, coaching was uh, is always fun to me. But, you know, like I tell these kids, like anybody that I work with, like, look, what I'm telling you isn't isn't it's not something that I learned from a YouTube or a TED talk or something like that. Everything that I'm teaching you has been put to the test. Now, it might work. It might not work. I might have to um, tweak some things to make it fit for you. But, you know, this is battle tested, you know, so. Yeah, and that's why I enjoyed the coaching aspect of it, just because of the experiences that I've had throughout the game. And obviously nowhere on the level of you at all as far as a coaching mindset or uh, an athlete. But, you know, it's very hard when you're trying to teach someone who's younger that fundamentals are fundamentals for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you, you see a kid that has all the talent in the world. They have the strongest arm. They're the fastest. 
but they don't do the basic things. And then they get mad and because they're hot. I was like, dude, you don't have to hot dog all the time. You're mm-hmm. already good. Like if you just did the basics, you would destroy everything. Like instead of having like three wow plays a game, you'd have a complete game of like this kid dominated today. Mm-hmm. So it's hard when you're talking to a younger person and you're like, look, uh, I don't know how much football you've watched, but these dudes aren't like jumping over people. Like the, the game is kind of still the same, you know, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, there's hand fighting, there's positioning, there's uh, looking at your opponent and seeing what frame that they're lined up in and then trying to gauge the way that they come at you. Yeah. And then, and then look for repeating patterns. So I, I would assume that everything you're teaching is something that could benefit someone because the game obviously changes and there's things that change the game, but especially in the trenches, it's man on man. Sometimes you get help. Sometimes you don't. And the, the basics are always going to be the basics. Yeah. That, and that's the thing that, you know, that I spent a lot of time on when I was coaching Um, It's the fundamentals. I mean, it, it's, it's cause we got to build the foundation and, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to get boring at times because we're going to do it over and over and over again. And we're going to go and watch it and we're going to do it again. And we're going to go and watch it and we're going to record it and we're going to do it again. And it, and it becomes a routine to the point that by the time the season's over, by the time we get to the tail end of the season, it's muscle memory because that's what we're building on. Like there are times when you look at some of the pictures that I took, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I look at some of the pictures that I have around my house and I have like, when I, if I have a casual picture, whereas if it's Todd, if it's me, Todd and Jack in a picture, we're usually lined up as I'm tackle Todd's guard and Jack's the center. You know what I'm saying? So we just automatically get in that formation because you're used to being in that, in that, in that, in that side. And it would, it was to the point where at times, like if I would just stand and chilling, I would have my left foot back, you know what I'm saying? So little stuff like that starts to like carry over and, and, you know, and you just start building that muscle memory into what we're doing. So, you know, a lot of it is building the foundation. Like even when I'm working with my son, you know, and it's, and it's just like, look, man, you know, if you don't get this down, we can't move on to something else. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to, it's going to get boring. It's going to, and you just understand that, look, we're trying to build something, but what you can't have is like, if you get beat, everybody's going to get beat. You know what I'm saying? You got to be all right with that. Let's keep grinding and just understand. All right, learn from it. And then we move on from there. Yeah. It Again, it's, it's hard sometimes because as adults, especially, you know, I played sports again, not the same level as you, but I mean, you forget sometimes the, the emotion of the failure that could get really get in your head. If somebody doesn't just shake you up, mm-hmm. uh, my, my daughter had a match the other night and I mean, she got molly whopped and you know, nothing personal, but she's a girl. So she has her monthly and whatever. And she still goes mm-hmm. and does what needs to do. But she was like, ah, I wasn't in my right mind. I didn't feel good about my situation. I was some kinds. I was like, uh, okay, that's cool. And I get it. You went out there and talked out you did your thing, but I'm like, the whole team got whooped. Like mm-hmm. your team only won two matches. Everybody else got dominated. Today's not the day for you to feel bad about yourself. I was like, the other day, sometimes you got your butt kicked. You come and say, hey, you didn't go on the boundary. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. I was like, but today, don't be in here crying and boohooing about, you know, you weren't. Feel-. I was like, yeah, again, you, you did more than you than other people had to do to get out there. And, and yes, you wrestled, a, you wrestled a boy. And yes, he was stronger than you. So what? You get in the weight room, you work it out because you've beaten boys before, right? So mm-hmm. ain't no, you know what it is. I'm like, but just to get her out of the mindset of just getting down or something, like everybody got beat today. Everybody loses. Yeah. Everybody loses. 
Well, Everybody's going to lose at some point. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was uh, what was your favorite memory of being an Eagle? Uh, you know what? Getting drafted here. You know, uh, I, I, I think that that was one of the just hugest moments, you know, uh, for me, you know, just because, you know, when I – when I, you know, when you go, when you come out, you know, and you come out of college and you go and you visit all these different teams and you go to, I went to Dallas, I went to um, Oakland, it was Oakland at the time. I went to, uh, you know, I went to the Rams, um, I went to Washington and, you know, and I was supposed to go to Seattle, I believe afterwards, but then I, I canceled it after the Eagles trip, just because once I got here, you know, I, I, I came in, Ray Rose was the coach at the time, one of the only 19 black coaches to ever be in the history of the NFL, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But we, we, <clears throat> that's a whole nother thing. We, we, I mean, I, I'm about to get you on my sports show too, because we got, we can chop that up right now. That's a hot subject, but carry on. But you know, so just when I got here, Juan Castillo took me out on, on the vet turf and it was night, it was dark, you know what I'm saying? And like Juan was like, all right, hey, Let's work some vertical sets, you know, and he had me out there. I mean, I'm in street clothes. I had just put my suitcase down and it was, you know, and he had me out there in some jeans and a sweater out there doing vertical sets on the turf. And I'm like, man, you know what? If I'm going to be successful at this game, I need to come here, you know, and I and that and, and it was it was I felt that strong about it that I canceled my trip to Seattle afterwards. I'm like, look, I have to go here. I have to go here. And uh I'm so glad that it worked out. You know, when I got that call from the Eagles saying that they were going to draft me, man, that was, that was it, you know, and uh, just knowing that I was going to be under one for the next several years uh, really helped me throughout my career. And I think that that's just was one of the biggest moments, just, just coming here, you know, and then after that, you know, playing against the Bruce Smiths, playing against Derek Thomas, you know, and um, all of these big names, guys, I think uh, one of the, I'm one the all, my, I'm all time greats, bro. Like again, at, at I always been an Eagles fan. Watched so many games with my dad, and uh, you know a lot. A lot of the battles, like where you would win, and like my dad was just that kind of guy. Like he was all about the trends. He'd be like, "Look at that, look." look. Mm-hmm. You know, and then other times where it's like, "Oh, he, he, you didn't get beat. There was a blitz there." In the trenches is where all the fun stuff goes down. Like if you yeah. if you control the trenches, uh, for or against, that's that's where it go, it, go, it goes out from there. You know, my, my dad did have that Madden mindset of, you know, these are the guys you want to watch. He's like, you know, wait, the bomb play is going to be there. They're going to replay that. But look at the linemen and what they're trying to do, especially like in the run game. He's like, watch how they're stunting. When they're mm-hmm. breaking big runs, like, look at these big dudes down the field. These are the biggest dudes, and they out here motoring. Like, yeah. so that 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 definitely was, <clears throat> for me, uh, fun to watch because that's what I was pointed in the direction to watch. Also because I was a bigger kid, too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, in his mind, I got that's why. Hey, you're fat. Watch the fat guys. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I like to call myself thick. Oh. You know, what I'm saying definitely not fat. I'm thick. You know, what I'm saying kind of. You I, know, been I, working out, dude. I've been working out, trying to get my keto on, man. I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to get in the keto zone right now, man. You know, I, I need to put that down. after me. So I, I'm not. I'm not thick yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can work out it. You know what I mean? I'll come swing up there with you, brother. But, um, so that that's. That's the thing that um, as a layman person, you sit there and you watch someone get drafted. And of course, you're happy to be drafted because, you know, if you've played the sport and you've wanted to be in the professional league, like you've dreamed about it for years and you, and it's all you've ever wanted. And so many times you look at guys, you're like, oh, they're a bust. And I'm saying to myself, look at the environment they went to. Look at the team they went to. 
Look at the coaches they went to. Look at the players surrounding them that they went to. They might have been all world if they would have went to a different team. So for you to go visit team after team after team after team, and if you're telling me that stepping on the field at the vet, which is basically like rubbing your face against concrete, made you feel special, made you feel wanted, made you feel like this is my Disneyland. I've got to get there. I've got to go there. And then to come here, that's special. And that doesn't happen for everybody. Yeah. Epiphany, one, that you just realize, like, wow, this is – okay, it's not just NFL, this is my dream. It's uh, it's my dream, but, man, if I could get here, yeah, I could be something. So that, mm-hmm. that's something a lot of people don't think about uh, w- with a career, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's with that's that kind of job. I tell people all the time, like, if you're miserable – and you're if, if you're miserable and you're cutting grass, go cut grass in another company because another company might treat you better. They might have a better structure, better work environment. If if you love what you're doing and other people can offer you that same job, maybe you need to switch and try somewhere else because mm-hmm. it might be that company and not your dream of being a, a lineman or whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the work environment and the people there matter. And that is one thing I'll say in general about the Eagles. Um, they've always had a diverse staff and uh, the, the, the effort has been made a lot in the past, especially about having uh, different voices and different people come through. And um, it's, it's been really good that I've seen uh, for the NFL and just for Philadelphia in general, because Philadelphia had a bad reputation in the sixties and seventies of not being Mm -hmm. inclusive and not being welcoming to, minorities coming in like if, if you're on their team they kind of root for you but coming in a lot of people didn't want to come play in philadelphia because the way the mm-hmm. fans were so the the tide turned and, and and things changed and the eagles were at the forefront of a lot of the, the minorities and stuff that were coming into the league and getting an opportunity so mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm glad that that's something that sparked joy in you and made you happy that that's the thing that you say sticks out to you the first thing that comes to your mind that's 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 awesome it's impressive yeah. Yeah, man, it, it meant everything for me to uh, to come here and play for play on the one. Uh, who who is your favorite uh, player that you played with? Uh, you know what? Uh, who's who's the buddy? You know what? Like Todd Harriman's, you know Jamal Jackson. Those all guys that I, that I that I really kicked away. Ike Reese, of course, because we came in together. Trot, we yeah. all came in together. Uh, you know, and then Hugh Douglas, because we were here a long time. You know, we have a son that's our, our kids are like a month apart. You know, so, um, you know, th- th- those are the guys that I really ran with when I was here. Bobby Williams, you know, when he was here. And, uh, so, yeah, yeah, so those were guys that I ran with. It's, and it's good you listed off a bunch of names because, again, I keep saying this because it, it's just um, – it's impressive to me because, as again, as I say as a fan, you're looking at, man, these guys really like each other. Mm-hmm. These guys are family. These guys are friends. And again, just my little proximity, just hanging out with Thomas and listening to stories and, and, and things that were going on. I was like, man, like, all right. So because you hear all the time, it's a fraternity, it's a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. There were so many Eagles that were together for such a long time in that core that you really, I, you know, from what you're saying to him, what I've heard from him, like, it is like a brother, like, I, dog, we've been here together for a good seven, eight years now. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we grew up together. We're going through our prime. We're going through the ups and downs. And, you know, we get, definitely, when you started, coming from the downs to the upswing, mm-hmm. I mean, boy, it, that, was, that was a good run. 
and a good time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, we would always be over at Five House doing dinners, you know. It was always a good time, man. Supporting BT, go come through the BT parties, go to the, uh, the Javon Kirsch place to hang out, man. So it was like a family environment, man, where we just really hung around each other and enjoyed each other's company. It was always a good time. Glad to hear it. Let me uh, swing back to the kids real quick. So we got the, the youngest that's golf and football. What, what, what are the other two rats doing? What are the my, my middle one, he's playing basketball. He's down in IMG. He's playing on the post-grad basketball team right now, finishing up. Um, so he'll be done uh, later on this month. And then uh, my oldest, he's in uh, Central Florida. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is he doing in Central Florida? Uh, he's working right now. He has a couple kids, you know, just just doing oh, his thing, right. man. So because he's like 24, 25. Oh, he, he grown, grown. He's out there living. His yeah, life. yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's grown. You know, like he's he's over. That's over with now. Now you, you got kids. You know, go be a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. I'm a granddad. You know what I'm saying? Like, my, my wife always be messing with me. She like, hey, you gonna call your grandchildren? I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. When did they become mine? What we we are married. You you're a grandma too. Ah, uh, Trey Pop Pop in the house. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell him I want, I want to be, I, I would like to be called El Padre. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got too many side names out here, Thickums McGee. Here. Yeah, yeah. I would like for you guys to call me El Padre. Thank you. Uh, the grandkids learning Spanish to <laughs> more natural when it comes off their tongue. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, being, being a granddad is cool. Like I, it's funny because once you have children. You know, it's the it's the greatest thing in the world, right? Like your first child, your wife has a child. You look at your wife, you love your wife three times more. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. like, yeah. you, you done held it for, you had it down for nine months. You put this thing out, having the baby's healthy. You look at her, you're like, this is amazing. When my daughter was born, they put the baby in my hand. I gave the baby to her mom. I walked down the hallway and I looked at my dad and I literally started crying. I was like. I can't believe you love me this much. Like I always knew you loved me. Mm-hmm. I, I, you love your dad. I always, dad. I always knew you loved me. I can't believe you love me that much. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here in my mind thinking, if aliens came down at this moment, I would kill half of them myself. Don't yeah. you come nowhere near this hospital. Like you, the the mm-hmm. feeling of having a child is just so great. And then when. That you know, mine's not grown up yet, but she's halfway there, and you just feel the pride. So when yours goes off, gets his job, and then has his kids, you look at it like, man, like the 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 moment, the joy, the happiness, the El Padre in you. I know your chest is bursting out of control, and you're just like, this is great. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Especially when they're doing things the right way, going about it the right way. You know, that's all you want. You know, you raise your kids for them to go off and and be successful and do their own thing and uh, be able to stand on their own too. And uh, yeah, he's doing it. I'm, I'm giving your wife credit, like 92 percent of that project. I'm sure she. Held oh it. yeah, absolutely, man. She, uh, yeah, she, I mean, she runs a tight ship, man. I mean, you know, kids call me like, "Hey, Dad, I need help with homework." Hey, whoa, hey, let's go get your mom on this, you know, because I want you to pass, you know. Yeah. So let's let's go get, let's go get your mom on this because we're gonna be up here googling YouTube. Like one time, my son came to me with like something with just a graph paper and some letters and arrows, and I'm like. Yeah, no, nah, I don't even know where to start with this. Let's go get your mom because she can she, she can handle this, you know, because I'm just seeing graph paper and letters and arrows. I have I don't even know where to start with this, man. Let's 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 go get your mom on this. I, I am the typical stereotypical black parent. 
I haven't helped my daughter with her homework since the fourth grade. And it was because one of those things, she had the math sheet with the math problems. She did the math work. She came to me. I said, and I'm just making it simple because I don't remember what it was. I was like, four plus four is not nine. It's one less than nine. Mm -hmm. Ten? No. And again, what happens, the more she gets the wrong answer, the more she's nervous, the more she's scared. Then she starts crying. Then I'm just furious. And she's looking at me with fear in her heart, like, seven, three. Like, you can't be this dumb. You know the answer. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, yeah. I, I, I know that you don't know, and I should know better. But the rage in my heart and the fact that you got to deal with me, I, her her mother the teacher I said look I was like look we're just we're gonna let your mom deal with it you know she's got the patience you know she teaches kids your age and it mm -hmm. has worked out uh, tremendously <laughs> yeah because my my wife even homeschooled our kids until they were in eighth grade so they were you know that was, oh. that's all up her alley man she was cool see I I never met her never even really talked to her but I got the feeling I knew ninety percent was a good number see yeah. I had a feeling I knew something yeah. was going yeah, stuff. yeah, man. She, you know, she, she's amazing, dude. Yeah, she, uh, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm a homeschool the kids. I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know, hey, she did it though. I mean, it, it was awesome. Really good experience though. And what was she doing at the time? Like, was she ever a teacher or school or anything? Like, what was she doing for? No, like, she, she, uh, she, you guys were going to school together. What, what was yeah. her uh, major? Her major was nursing. So okay. when she first moved up, she was working at parent, parent, parent. Ah. Planned Man. Parenthood and, you know, working in, there. And then, um, you know, once, once you know, I signed my second contract, then that was it, you know, and then she was yeah. a stay at home. And then uh, once we had our kids, she started um, homeschooling them until, uh, until they got up to eighth grade. And then, then we moved them on, transitioned them into high school. Yeah. That's what's yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. She's well, amazing. Uh, I, I see the nice backdrop you going on over there. You know, what, what, what you got planned going on over there? What you, what you trying to do? What's going on? Oh, what's what's that? Oh, my game balls. Yeah, I see. I see a nice backdrop. I feel like you know what I mean. I feel like you should be out here giving your voice to the people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, these are all my game balls. You know, like you know, you know how hard it is to get one of these as an offensive lineman. It's very hard to get one of these as an offensive lineman. I assume you stole them out of the locker room. I assume that somebody. No, no. You see all them have my name on them. You know, like Big Red had to say, "Hey, hey, hey, this is player of the game, Trey Thomas." You know, so. Yeah, you know, you know how hard it is to get that because if I got a game ball, then that means that Westbrook probably ran for two hundred yards. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So for them to say, "All right, you know what? Hey, we're gonna we're gonna look over this 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 massive run game that Westbrook had. We're gonna give it to the offensive line. That's huge, man. So that's why I make sure my mom came up here one day and took one of my game balls. I flew back to Deland, Florida, saw my game ball sitting on the side. I need that game ball. I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I, mom, because it is. Those don't come by easily for offensive linemen, so I need that. I will tell you, it's it's hard earned. Uh, and just one more shout out to my buddy Thomas. Uh, Westbrook's two greatest seasons were running behind Thomas when he was fully healthy as a mm. full. So you know, it, it is a team sport, and uh, those big plays, you know, uh, you know, we call them. Well, we my my friend group. Uh, whenever he break off a big run, we we used to call him West Cookie. We'd have chocolate chip cookies. We'd just be waiting for him to get over seven yards, and we just eat cookies. West Cookie, like it was, you know, <laughs> he never heard it. He doesn't know anything about it. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's one of those things where 
um, again, the joy that, you know, sports have and the, the ups and downs and, and going together. So, yeah, you earn those balls because you was out there blocking and doing your thing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, minus Simeon Rice every once in the blue, you know what I mean? But you was out there yeah. dominating uh, for, for uh, over a decade, and, and it's appreciated. And uh, you deserve that, that backdrop over there. And you also deserve to, to, to be out here talking sports and give me some analysts and some breakdowns and stuff like that. We got to get you back out here, oh, yeah. you know, chopping it up. Oh, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. I'm breaking down a lot of film now, so I, I got a couple things that I'm going to be working on and pushing out there. So, yeah, yeah, we're we getting back into the fold. Good, good. I will uh, I will update the show notes here for my, my hundreds and hundreds of listeners. So, <laughs> soon to be thousands and thousands again. Uh, I took right. some time off too, so I know what it's like getting back into the groove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just know that you you need to be out there because again, I've always enjoyed listening to you and especially breaking down the game and stuff like that. Like I said, uh, best ad read guy in the business out here, keeping it fun, keeping it light for everybody out here in these streets. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug? I want to put the wife's uh, paint and sip down there in the comments for people to check out locally in Cherry Hill. Casey, yeah, Pino's palette, Pino's palette. Get they uh, get they Bob Ross on. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So by now, like I said, my cousin and I, we are cool. <laughs> we we family. You know what I mean? He didn't he didn't log off on we I, I, I didn't ask him to borrow no money. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I just, you know, like I'm a, I'm a responsible family member. You know what I mean? I got my own. I just might call on you from time to time. To mm-hmm. I really appreciate you coming on and sitting here talking with me. Uh, make sure you check out the park if you ever visit down in Florida. Apparently, we got our own parks down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, we got our own park down there, man. My name with my name on it. Hey, Trey they, Thomas Paul. Hey, you can go get you some horseshoes. You can go play some horseshoes, man. Shoot some hoops. You know, every Sunday they usually have, you know, everybody just, it's one of them parts where everybody just be at on Sundays. Yep. You know and, what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you know, ain't and, nothing there. Somebody with a, with a boom box. You got a speaker set and a grill. And then you got some horseshoe, so a couple horseshoe pits. And then, I, I mean, it's a party. And you ain't got to uh, worry about nothing because you just telling you with the Thomases because this hood adjacent, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's just gonna tell them, yeah, hey, I'm here to see the Thomases. You'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> my name is Owen Doctor. Click the subscribe, do all the things that you want to do or don't. I don't care. I understand you got things to do in your life, but I appreciate you sitting here listening to us chop it up. I hope you enjoyed this show. Again, thank you, William Thomas the third slash junior slash. Trey slash Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the time. Anytime, my brother. Take care. Have a good one.